Welcome to the Raising Athletes podcast, season three, episode 36, with Justin Sherman and Just in Time Baseball. Hi. This is, I'm, <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast. Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Justin Sherman was born and raised in Westchester, New York, where he played for the New Rochelle Youth Baseball League and later went on to play for the New Rochelle High School varsity baseball team. While pursuing degrees at Westchester Community College and then SUNY Purchase College, Justin played for the WCC Vikings as well as the Purchase College Panthers, where he garnered the role of team captain. Upon graduating, he became the assistant coach of the Purchase Panthers, and he also began working privately with local young athletes, a hobby that would soon grow into what is now called the Just-in-Time Baseball. As a coach, a mentor, and a founder of Just-in-Time Baseball, he has spoken at several baseball conferences and clinics. He is currently pursuing a master's in physical education at Manhattanville College. Susie and I talked to Justin about how he inspires his young athletes and why he's so passionate about what he does. His passion is contagious, as you'll hear when we discuss, we discussed various topics with him about youth sports baseball. We enjoyed our chat immensely and hope that you do too. Good morning. Welcome back on the Raising Athletes podcast today. We're excited to have Just In Time Baseball, Justin Sherman, the, the co-founder, the owner of this uh, fun adventure. But before we introduce him, uh, we'd like to tell you a little bit about ourselves. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission in life and get what they want. I'm a former Division I volleyball athlete and a 14-year Nike executive and I've always loved understanding what the power of making makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three and supporting my oldest who's playing sports in college, I, I have two high schoolers who are also athletes. Um, Susie and I created this podcast about three years ago because we both have a passion for supporting parents and their athletes um, to not only raise strong athletes, but more important, extraordinary people. And I'm Susie Walton, founder of Indigo Village, uh, parent, educator, slash coach, and author of a book. And I have been running parenting seminars for almost 30 years now. I have four sons, adult sons, um, who are married to four amazing women that were all athletes growing up also, and um, ten or nine grandkids, 10 and under. Um, I consider myself still an athlete, 
um, volleyball swimmer back in the day, basketball player. And now I play beach ball. I'm still playing beach volleyball, still bodyboarding and picked up pickleball. So it's a beauty. It's the beautiful thing about sports. It's like, you can do it forever. You don't have to stop. I mean, obviously, well, even with injuries, I've always found a way. And so my, my desire is to help support parents in helping create that lifelong love and desire to play sports for their kids, you know, so they don't have to quit when they're 14 and be done with it because they're so burned out. And so, um, yeah, I, we've been, I, as we just heard, we've been doing this for three years. I, I love this. And once again, thank you for being on with us um, this morning. Cause Justin, we are so excited to have you. That's the perfect tee up because you have exactly the same mission that Susie and I do, which is keeping kids playing sports. So welcome Justin Sherman. Well, thank you to both of you for having me on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great story for you both creating this podcast. It's so needed, uh, for parents and kids, but, uh, you know, really parents really need to listen to this podcast because this is gold. Uh, I listened to your previous podcast and, uh, it's absolutely perfect for a parent that wants to um, do it correctly as far as raising their kids during uh, the era of playing sports for their kids playing sports. So um, I'm a big fan of both of yours. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about Just In Time and how it came to be. So the, the long, the abbreviated version uh, is at 12 years old in my area, uh, it was a big thing to have bar and bar mitzvahs and I would love seeing how the DJ would organize the kids and, uh, be like the leader of the party and getting everyone together and having a great time. And, and believe me, this all ties back to baseball. Uh, <laughs> basically I'm, my buddy and I were like, you know what? At 12 years old, we're like, we could be DJs. We could be DJs. We could do this and do parties. So we started handing out flyers, getting kids to come to uh, my buddy's backyard and we would just get like 30, 40, 50 kids in the neighborhood. And it wasn't necessarily the passion for, um, like, obviously I actually do have a DJ company still on the side. I do it on the side, like baseball DJ parties. But it was the idea of getting kids together and building a fun environment, um, almost like the Pied Piper. And from there, you know, I guess you could say 17 to 18 years later, um, we started a whole DJ business on the side and, and, uh, the whole message there was bringing kids together, old, young, whatever age. Um, so I always had a passion for bringing kids together and building a positive, fun environment. Uh, about seven, eight years ago, I was playing college baseball. I was the assistant coach at a college called Purchase College. Um, and in the neighborhood, I would always kind of give baseball lessons. I wasn't charging anything. I just had a passion for working with kids. Um, and you know, fast forward to now, uh, we have a full fledged company, just in time baseball, running clinics, camps, private lessons, um, just by pure passion and complete grit and hustle and purpose. So it's really morphed. And I know I just jumped all over the place just now. But the DJ background definitely helped catapult it, that entrepreneurial background to bring on to Justin Time Baseball that, that inspired me to do this. Um, and just the cultivation of, of building a positive environment for kids and helping them reach their potential has kind of always been my passion at a very young age. 
So you were playing baseball and you were DJing. Yes. Yeah. So I, we did our first bat mitzvah in New York in a, in a restaurant in Manhattan at 15 years old. And, uh, we just had the knack for bringing kids together and, and keeping it fun. Now, you know, obviously what we do is a little bit different than that, but in a way, not really, because we're bringing kids together and building a positive environment. Um, but, you know, in the last year, the last two years, I mean, we went from just Justin Sherman in the backyard doing baseball lessons to 12 coaches and doing a full-fledged company partnering with leagues all over New York and uh, me speaking to parent coaches all over. So this is why this podcast hits home with me for sure. Just in time. I just had to say that. <laughs> my mom, I got to thank my mom for that one. You know, I love that. Justin, you know, just in time. You just came out the womb just in time and that's how it was born. So so she, probably, she probably said that to you every night. You're just in time for dinner. All right. <laughs> You're just in time to go take a shower. <laughs> that's how she inspired me to get in the shower and take a bath. So I was smelling. Yeah. What age group are you starting with? And what, like, what's the sweet spot? So parents that might be listening, that might be listening in your area, that they know how to, you know, like, where, where, where do you hope that the kids start to find you? What age? Right. So, again, um, and this is why I love your podcast. Our mission statement, and this is answering the question, our mission statement has morphed over the last year and a half. We are a youth development company through the game of baseball. So we start as young as four years old. We have four-year-old classes. We have 10-year-old classes. We have six-year-old classes. You name it. Uh, Our age, our core age, I would say is between ages four and 10. Um, Yes, we do see some high school kids, but our bread and butter, our core audience, our core student is four to 10 years old. And, you know, like you and I were talking off the air here beforehand, um, we really, like when a parent calls, they're like, you know, he's really just, or she's really just an entry level player. 99.9 of our players are entry level, right? I mean, we're, they're there with our program obviously to learn baseball and obviously to learn how to throw and catch, but the big picture is to build their confidence um, and develop their, um, the life skills. So that's why I say we're youth development through the game. And uh, I think that's really what's catapulted us during this pandemic situation. So what do you do to keep it fun? Speaking of that. So if you want them to bond and and fall in love with baseball, what are, what are some of the things that you do to, to keep them engaged. Cause I, I coach nine and 10 year olds and you got about a three second window before they're moving on to something else. So it's, it's gotta be right. Keeping it light. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I do think less is more. Uh, that's something I felt like we, after, you know, years of doing this and on, I actually just got my master's last week, ironically in physical <laughs> education, we'll talk about this, how, you know, you got to keep the kids in, the students engaged by keeping it moving. Uh, I think standing around is the devil. Um, I think that's a big thing. So how do you keep it fun? I think just keeping them engaged as far as like not having them stand around, not having them stand around is a big thing for us. Like we always try to manage the kids. How can we limit the amount of standing around? That is always the constant theme because the kids could do a lot more and I, I'm probably jumping ahead here and I'm going on a rant. The kids could do a lot more than you think. I say that to everybody listening. It's a matter of managing the kids and keeping them engaged, meaning, meaning keeping them moving. 
the more standing around, the worse. Um, so we want to always constantly find ways to do, whether it's individualized practice, you know, if it's a, if it's a team of 12 kids, maybe we do a drill where it's individual and you're, they're not standing around and there's it's not one kid waiting for a ground ball and 10 kids, sorry, one kid getting a ground ball and 10 kids on a line waiting for a ground ball. So little management tools like that, I think keeps it more fun. Uh, and I also think competition is a great thing. Uh, I always say duration over who wins. So Johnny, how many can we do in 30 seconds as opposed to whoever does it first? Because then it puts that pressure on them to finish first. And if they don't, they feel bad, but duration. So trying to reach their full potential. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so um, the one of the questions in here I want to follow up with is, um, so you get a lot, mostly like entry level kids, right? It's like, when have you noticed, and to share a couple of stories, when you see that certain kid, like, get it, and all of a sudden, I'm like, yes, I love baseball, I want to do more of this. Like, have you seen those aha moments? And I'm sure you have. And if so, can you share a couple of stories how that looked as it was happening? Uh, yeah, so... There's a bunch of aha moments and those are the beautiful, uh, that's exactly what brings you to coaching. I mean, that's, those are the most beautiful moments, right? Um, I just see as simple as when a kid is laughing and you're being silly and joking around, like, obviously we have, I call it, uh, focused fun. I always call it focused fun. You want to have fun and keep it focused. My aha moment with these kids is when they're, when they're cracking up. Because that's what it's about for a five-year-old. I mean, it doesn't really matter what level of baseball you played. If the kid's not laughing and having fun and engaged, it doesn't really matter. Really, truly. Um, so my aha moment, I would say, is just when I see a kid laughing and when you're being silly, focus, fun. And obviously, you have to be in control of the uh, scale, right? You don't want to get off track there. But my aha moment is when a kid's like cracking up and like really just fully smiling and, and as corny as it sounds, that's, that's the aha moment when I'm like, wow, this kid's going to be with us for like six, seven years. And have you heard of any stories of kids that have gone on to continue to play and the parents come back to you or the kid comes back to you and says, I remember that one day I had that great practice and that was when I decided, or are you not kind of been around long enough to, I mean, it's always fun to hear, you know, when you touch, that's why we get into teaching and coaching, right? Is because you want to make an impact on kids' lives. So do you feel like that's that's happening and you're getting kids to play longer? Because now we see 70% of kids dropping out of sports by age 13, right? So one of the fun, I think, challenges is how do we keep them playing beyond that? Because they get that, woohoo, this is, this is for me. I'm doing this because I love it. Well... I do. I think the answer, if I, if I believe I'm going to answer your question here is like, what, correct me if I'm wrong, what's going to bring them back? What's bringing them back to the field? Am yeah. I right? What's keeping them playing beyond your clinic yeah. or beyond the time they get to spend? I think looking, I think being proactive instead of reactive, um, very general answer, but very important. And also looking for ways to, um, encourage not necessarily um for their skill but for their effort and attitude i think that's a major thing 
Okay. I think, you know, that is, that is what brings kids back to the field. When you're looking to be a positive force, when you're looking for positive moments and not just praising them out on, Oh, great catch or great swing. Um, how about like, I love the way, I love the way you ran out of the box and you ran to first base. I love that hustle. Uh, I love the way you were such a great sport to your teammate. You were such a good teammate. I do believe those moments, okay, and those teaching coaching moments are what's going to bring kids back to the field because those are tangible. Um, those are tangible things that we could teach and that kids could grasp. And uh, it's it's a building that positive environment and it makes kids want to come back. I really think that's the answer because not everything is oh, like you said, seventy percent. I think we're so it gets it's become a humongous business. I mean, look. I'm in the business and I know how big it's gotten with youth sports. It's huge billions of dollars. Um, but I do believe sticking to the principles of what I'm talking about here. I know on our end, that's what's really helped catapult us sticking to being proactive as opposed to reactive and looking to praise in situations where it might not be, um, you know, that some of the coaches might not look at. So it, I'm going to ask you this question, but maybe what you just said about yourself is like, what advice do you have for parents to um, just to support their kids in, you know, in sticking to a sport or keep playing sports? Right. So I'm sure, I, you, I'm sure you have a run in with a lot of parents. You have a lot. Of oh, yeah. I mean, I speak to hundreds of parents a week. And, and this is the conversation I have. What team should I try out for? Oh, well, this team's really good. Well, he's not really good. Oh, he's great, but he shouldn't do this. The bottom line is you want to go with an organization and you want to be uh, with a program, and maybe that program is us, not maybe it is, um, that really wants to teach life lessons through the game and, uh, you know, and be a mentor leader. And like I said, be proactive with the children. Um, as, far as, as far as having parents and helping parents, uh, I think you need to just step back and realize that this is a game and that, you know, kids don't want to fail, especially with baseball. I'm talking through baseball. Um, we have to find ways to look for the positive and we have to just continuously build love around the kid because um, I think as they get older, I, there's so many times well, when I'll walk to a field and I don't say anything because, you know, I, I just, there's a, I have to cross the line. I don't want to cross the line. But parents yelling at their kid for making an error. I mean, it's just, I see it all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's where kids start to kind of fall off when it gets to be 13, 14 years old. Um, you know, it gets a little more serious, quote unquote serious, but it's the same game as when you were five years old. So keeping things in perspective, understand that it's a game. Uh, it's a beautiful game, baseball. And, uh, look to be proactive in situations as opposed to reactive. You mentioned before we started ch uh, chatting on the recording that your business has kind of blown up uh, over the course of the pandemic. So could you talk a little bit about what changes you've seen and, you know, what your vision is for, for your business? How you can help parents can, you know, again, see what the benefits are of this. Absolutely. Yeah. So look, during COVID, everyone had to shut down, obviously. The whole world shut down. Um, and I think what really catapulted us 
okay, is obviously, yes, we're, we're very good at what we do as far as teaching the youth player, youth baseball player. But uh, I think what really catapulted us is building that positive, strong environment for the kids. And, uh, you know, that really didn't stop throughout the pandemic. I mean, we would do like virtual baseball classes. I mean, uh, some of the stuff, the kids had no idea what was going on, but who cares? It was just a positive, fun, safe place to come and be a part of a community. Uh, we would, uh, you know, we would do a phys ed class with empty water bottles and rolled up pairs of socks. I mean, you know, during April when there was, you couldn't even really walk outside without seeing anybody, basically. This was April 2020. But the common theme here is building that strong foundation and like almost like a home, like a family. Uh, and those are the types of programs you want to look for um, without after COVID, whatever. Those are the kind of environments you want to be a part of because that's teaching those life lessons and building that positive environment that's going to help build the kid's confidence. The baseball stuff is almost secondary. As much as I'm you know, a baseball person, and that's our company, but it's really building that strong foundation. Wow. You got, you got some good stuff going on. Are you going to franchise eventually across the country? Well, uh, actually because of COVID. Um, so one of the avenues for just in time baseball that I found, and this is where I mentioned earlier is, uh, I actually had the good fortune of, being invited to speak to little leagues, to the parent coaches. So yes, we're going into little leagues and helping the kids, but we're helping the parents. Like I would come in personally uh, and help the parents run their practices. Now, not necessarily like, oh, this is the right drill or whatever, but more of how do you manage a six-year-old? How do you keep them engaged? How do you make it more fun? What are some, what are some tips and drills and a uh, few uh, words you could say to a kid to keep the kids organized and wanting and loving to play baseball again. Like I say to every single parent, I said, if you at the end of the season have a kid saying, I want to play baseball next season, you've done your job. You've done your job. So uh, we actually go into leagues and do that. And to answer your question, uh, during COVID, because we didn't stop, and the virtual, that is the one thing like you and I are talking, all of us are talking from California and New York right now. That is the beauty of Zoom. Who We didn't even know what Zoom was a year and a half. No, right. I didn't know what <laughs> Trust me. I now know. it's like, in, like, I'm going to Zoom. I'm a Zoomer. Yeah. But uh, I've been invited to speak to different leagues around the country via Zoom um, during COVID. So, you know, who knows? Let's, you know, the way we look at it is we just want to do the right thing for the kids. And, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about helping parents because parents are the underbelly of youth sports. We, we need parents. So I'm actually a little bit of the reverse. A lot of, a lot of organizations will say, oh, we don't want parents. But I think we need to uh, work in unison with the parents in youth sports because uh, there's a lot together. There's more good to work in unison than to not. So I don't agree with abolishing parents that use sports. They'll never go away. And uh, they need to be, uh, they need to have the tools to succeed with the kids. So that's something I'm very passionate about because that's going to help the kids ultimately. You know, a tip that I want to mention to the parents listening right now, which you said a part of your conversation, but I think it's such an important point is the duration part, like versus like who's going to finish, who's going to catch the most 
balls today is more like how many do you, you know, how many catches do you have to have to feel good about yourself or what's your goal for your personal goal today to how many. And that's what will bring on cooperation versus competition among the team players. And for parents out there that if you take anything, that's a huge, great tip from, you know, from our guest speaker here. And that the whole idea of like not competing against other players on the team, right? Like Justin was saying, give them their own, you know, ask them. It's like in a spelling, like how many spelling words you have to get correct to feel good about yourself versus you better get a hundred percent or you're, you know, you're grounded or whatever. So that was, I like, thank you for bringing that up because if anything, that parents can do that right now, listening to what you just said. So I'll tell you, and that's, I appreciate that. I mean, our staff, okay, and, and again, I love my staff, Justin Time Baseball. We do a phenomenal job. Um, I don't look at my staff and our coaches like I don't see, oh, well, he played in the major leagues. Like, yeah, that's great, right? But like for a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, I want someone obviously that knows baseball, but like that knows how to build that positive uh, environment and how to, you know, could inspire a child and, and have empathy. To me, that's that's the type of coach you need to have in, in this age bracket. And that's why I believe we're flourishing. Nice. And, uh, you know, it, another thing, another tip I'd tell your parent, if you're listening, you have parent coaches listening, cost me 10 bucks. You buy tons of baseball cards. Give a kid a baseball card for being a great sport. Give a kid a Pokemon card for, uh, you know, persevering through adversity. You know, those types of moments is what's going to bring kids back to continue to play. So and I always say, and I always say it's a kid's, it's not a kid's fault if they were, if they forget the coach, it's the coach's fault. So if the kid forgets who their coach was 10 years ago, it is the coach's fault, not the kid's fault. Yeah. I have a seven year or six year old grandson who gets a football card every time he does, goes to practice for his flag football. And that's what he's so excited about, right? He, he just thinks that team and that coach is like the coolest thing ever. And they get these little cards, like you're saying, and it works. Like, they, you know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. When kids come out of your program. What age for parents out there who are supporting their kid and developing over time? What age do you think kids should start playing travel ball? You know, it, it's, it's an interesting question because, you know, the whole travel scenario, I got to say, unfortunately, has been very saturated. Um, I'll tell you, just speaking from New York, I mean, basically, you could roll out of bed, you could be, you know, have zero experience, zero anything and start a travel program and you're considered a travel program because you started a private team. So uh, to answer your question, um, it really is as far as, first of all, the word travel has been saturated. And I'm sure you can attest to that being um, involved in California. Um, it's a lot different than just 10 years ago. Like when I was playing 15 years ago, I mean, it, is way, it was like two travel teams. Now in my city, there's eight. So I was I do think in Las little- Vegas with my 15-year-old daughter and there were 200 volleyball courts in the, in the <laughs> convention. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it's everywhere. So that's the first thing. So sometimes playing on your town team might be better than a travel team. Um, I've seen some, I see a lot of the times 
in where I'm at in New York, you have a town travel team crush a trap, a town team crush a travel team. And just because they're travel doesn't, it, it gets a little bit, um, it's saturated. And I think that goes for across the country, frankly. I do. I agree. I've spoken to other people around the country and it seems kind of similar. Um, New York, definitely. Um, that doesn't mean don't play travel. So to answer your question about what age, I think it really is the assessment of the child. Some kids need to be big fish, small pond. Some kids need to be, you know, small fish, big pond. You know, I have kids that I put on, would recommend for a nine U team that are just turning eight. And I have kids that are just turning nine that I don't think are ready for travel ball. So it's really the assessment of the child and, and making, and that's where a professional comes in and takes a look and says like, you know what, the kid needs more development. I do think we need to put more emphasis on practice. Um, and, uh, I don't think it's a rush. Like, you know, I do think it's been a rush lately, like seven, I saw like a six U or seven U tournament. I'm like, these kids could barely throw a ball. I mean, they have to learn how to throw a baseball. You know what I mean? Like things like that. I don't think it's a, to answer your question. Cause I know I'm definitely going on a rant here. Don't rush it. Like let your kid develop and practice and train and have the right mechanics and build that strong foundation because you're probably going to get a lot more of that than a seven U tournament in uh, you know, 30 miles away. We agree a hundred percent. I've got a client last week who called me from Dallas to say that her daughter was trying out for, had been playing at a, a very nice level in soccer, but, and she calls it her fun team. The, the, the daughter says, Oh, I like that team. They're the fun team. And then, you know, but everybody's telling her FOMO, you got to get onto the travel team, got to get to the travel team. And the mom's calling me saying, what do I do? And I said, I think she answered it herself. She said the fun team, <laughs> like that's where she should be. Let, oh. let her, let her be 10, let her enjoy. And PS in three years, none of those girls are going to be even playing. So the, you know, 90% of them will, have opted out by then so let her have fun and enjoy the ride there's no rush we agree 100 percent. totally and, and that's what it is with the travel situation um and believe me I, i've been asked to run I, i've been asked many times to to merge on with different organizations to like start a just in time baseball travel team but i really want to put an emphasis on training and building those foundations before we jump into that maybe down the road but um, I, I think it could be overrated. I think travel ball is a little overrated. Well, now, especially if you're saying, especially now when you see how many travel teams there are out there. So parents, save some of the money. Like put some money away for your kid's college education versus putting it on this, the travel team. Unless that child's ready developmentally for a travel team. Like you're saying, every kid's different, right? But just if they can get the joy of just playing a sport. Yes. Like a lifetime. And that's what happened to you, Justin, right? You, you developed that joy and it never left you. And now look, you're, you know, you're doing amazing things as a result. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And again, that's not to say all travel teams are bad because there's no, a lot of good ones. It's there's not, a lot of great ones. I know. Yeah. And we all know on the zoom podcast, um, you know, a lot of great coaches that run great traveling organizations that you'd give your endorsement to. Why I have a bunch on my on the top of my head that I'm like, yeah, be with this coach because you're going to get these life lessons. You're going to get this positive environment. Um, so yes, to answer the question, I don't think it's a rush if you find the right environment. I keep using environment and positive coach and the one that really teaches the fundamentals and uh, has empathy for the kids. Go for it. 
go for it. I say go for that as opposed to, oh, travel. Like he needs to play travel because the, the word travel baseball now or whatever sport I believe is saturated 100%. Wonderful. It's getting lost, unfortunately. Susie, do you have anything else before we wrap up? You're no, good? No, this has been great. Thank you so much, Justin. Yeah, this has been amazing, Justin. We so love hearing from people. And it's wonderful to talk to people in different parts of the United States. What's, what I always find interesting is when I like I have a client in Texas or a client in Montana or a client in New York, and they're like, well, here where we are, it's crazy. <laughs> and everybody thinks that they're a little pocket, but I think we're experiencing it nationwide. It's a $20 billion industry. So getting tools that in place, like what you're doing, Justin, your company is doing is amazing. Also, so we, actually, I do have a question. I don't are you also doing softball? Yes. Uh, and uh, thank you for the kind words. And you're, you're both doing a great job. I really appreciate you having me on. We are, we are getting into softball now, um, briefly. Um, I want to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make sure I have the right people in place in order to make that jump into softball. But uh, to answer your question, yes, we are starting to get into softball. We're starting to merge into it. Really baseball dominant, um, but we are starting to merge into softball as well, which is a humongous pool of kid, you know, girls. There's, there's softball's huge. I, I, would, I would almost say softball might be bigger than baseball. It's close. I followed Jenny Finch on whatever social, and she's got millions of followers. It's a big, it's a big business. I grew up playing it. It was such a fun sport. What a great sport for girls, too. Absolutely. It, uh, I mean, there's, if you watch, I love watching on ESPN when they have it or pre COVID or even now they might have it, or I think they may start putting it on, but the college softball, unbelievable. That's These girls crazy are crazy how good it is. Windmill. <laughs> awesome. Well, to wrap up here, can you answer our final question? We like to ask all of our guests, how would you answer? Or how would you finish this statement? The best athletes I know do this. I love that. The best athletes I know. Uh, I'll tell you, I think, I think this is the answer, and I've learned. Don't get too high, don't get too low. Nice. I, I really think that is the answer. The best athletes I know, when they go 0 for 4, they look the same as their 4 for 4, yes. meaning hitting or whatever. So that's a, that's a very hard skill, but the best athletes I know don't get too high. Don't get too low. They're cool. They're, they got a cool head. It's hard, but it could be, it could be trained with the right discipline. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And how can parents to find you? Where, where can they find you on social media so they can start following you? So if you go to Justin time baseball on Instagram, um, you could go to Justin time baseball on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Justin Time Baseball, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Instagram, we're, we're big, you know, we're very active on Instagram. So I would definitely do that. And uh, I'd be happy to answer any parent's questions if, if they're a parent coach or, you know, just looking to find the right travel team or, or just any question. They could always reach out. I'll even give you my number. My number is 914-420-8418. Uh, I would be glad to speak to any parent. Because uh, I'm very passionate about the subject. Just in time. 
<laughs> Wonderful. Finally, parents, if you enjoyed this episode and you know other sports parent who's trying to get better at supporting their teen and figuring out their path, please feel free to jump on, on this podcast on iTunes and rate us and share us. And like Justin said, we too love feedback and reaching out to us on Instagram is a great place to, to message us. Um, because if you was parents that we're we're trying to do the best too and and getting better every podcast so our goal is supporting parents not only raising strong athletes but extraordinary people thank you so much justin sherman we loved having you on and we hope to see you again down the road absolute pleasure i really appreciate it so much thank you so much thanks